afternoon, folks. I hope everyone out there is staying safe and healthy. This is your host, Jessica Mason. I'm on the Brooklyn Free Speech platform, podcasting while quarantine. We're still kind of in quarantine right now. Cases are going up and down like a heartbeat, but I hope everyone is out there staying safe. And right now I'm out here with my buddy, Jason. How are you? Hey, Jess. It's good to see you. It's always good to see you. Always good to hear from you. For those of you who don't know, um, Jason here is a community producer for us, a long-time community producer for us. And anytime he and I run into each other, we always talk boxing. Like, it's just what we do. We just talk boxing. Sometimes I have to remember, I'm at work. I got to go back to my desk. But we just end up getting caught out there, right? That's our infection. <laughs> That's our disease. So today we have, we have the boxing do- fan disease. Exactly. Um, so today we're going to do the exact same thing and talk about boxing. So I figure right now the heavyweight division is right back on top, up and popping. So how about we discuss that today? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's exciting. Again, we're in the post-Klitschko era. Uh, the Klitschko, as great as you know Klitschko was, he was not the most exciting. And and the belts weren't here in America. Uh, now they're a little closer. You know, we got them in the UK, but uh, it's definitely it's 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 a it's a pick em type. It's a pickup type division right now, which we haven't had in a long time. Oh, no, not in a very long time. I think, um, I think the welterweight division has been pretty much dominating boxing for at least the last decade and a half. But now the heavyweights are definitely um, making a comeback. Like, yeah. I remember when I was coming up, everybody in the world, either they, whether they knew boxing or not, everyone knew who the heavyweight champion of the world was. And over the years, that started to dwindle. Yeah, because, you know, it was held by a Ukrainian who fought in Germany and mainly fought European opponents, didn't fight a lot of Americans, only came to America now and again. Um, And it wasn't really like, you know, boxing does well when there's an American heavyweight champion. And we had one in Deontay Wilder for a while. And now, you know, uh, now now it's the Brits. Now we have... The UK, we have Tyson Fury, and we have well, Anthony just Joshua, you know our UK cousins, both are characters, you know. Yeah, I mean, and they're you know, I think Americans at this point will settle for people whose names we could pronounce competently, <laughs> and you know, show up on American television. Hey, listen, the media. And, you know, now we have uh, DAZN and Showtime and stuff like that. Well, our media took no time um, in shortening GGG's name, but. Um, so how about, um, we'll speak of that, in your opinion. Well, not even in your opinion, in, as a fan, who is your number one uh, heavyweight champ? Of all time or right now? I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you <laughs> what, for all time, and then you can list your top three. How's that? Okay. Um, all time is really tough. I mean, uh, I think, there's, I mean, there's so many great ones. You got Muhammad Ali, you got George Foreman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a big Joe Frazier fan, you know, just because the, the man, and had so much heart. Uh, you could go back to Rocky Marciano, uh, you know, 49 and 0, I think he was. Yeah. But would not even, I don't think, even be considered a heavyweight now. I don't think, I don't know if he would even be over 200 pounds. I think he was like, it's like 180 or 190 when he was heavyweight champ. You know, um, yeah, and certainly not as big as, now. yeah. And, and and uh, and then you've got you know guys like you know when I was coming up as a kid you got like Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, uh, you know all those guys are great even Lennox Lewis. Uh, but I mean I I gotta say if if it were rated on a, a scale of like uh, most exciting heavyweights of all time, uh, either Muhammad Ali who was a great showman or or Mike Tyson, there's nobody 
more exciting than Mike Tyson to watch. You had to watch fast, <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't, don't get up to go to the loo in the first round. Don't even blink. Miss, you might miss the fight. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's another thing we could talk about if we wanted to is, you know, 54 year old Mike Tyson trying to make a comeback. Oh dear. Oh dear. Let's, let's, we're going to put down on hiatus for a quick second there. But speaking of Tyson, for me, that was definitely one of my all time favorites. While I was coming up, he was, he was champ for a while. And just the significance of the historic aspect that he brought to the sport, being the youngest to ever do it. Not many can say, at least not in his day, can say that they had all three belts. You know, at one undisputed time. Undisputed champion. Right, undisputed, undisputed champion. There were not many of them, especially leading up to that time. And like you said, he was always exciting to watch. You know, don't blink. Um, I forgot what fight it was. And like you said, my uncle went to go get a beer, which anybody who's ever been to my house, the kitchen was never far from the living room. And when he came back, the fight was over. And he never, he's like, I'm never ordering a Tyson fight ever again. <laughs> Just watch it on replay. Just oh, watch, man. watch it on I'm it's better in slow motion anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't imagine throwing down, you know, $50, $75 for mm. a two-round fight or a one-round fight. Um, but, you know, uh, incredible uh, and a shame in a way, too. A tragic figure in the fact that he went to prison uh, and, and lost three, I believe it was like three years of his career. About that, you know, yeah. And, you know, and the mystery of what would have happened if he faced... Holyfield before, you know, the prison term. That you know, changed. Would that everything. be a different fight? That changed you know? everything within the heavyweight division because taking Tyson out of it, you took away the main component that most folks, well, mo- most fighters wanted to, like they knew that you're not going to be champ until you face this man. So, um, and Holyfield, yeah, I think, Holyfield, knew too. Mm-hmm. Even when Holyfield beat Buster Douglas, the man who beat the man uh, still wasn't considered the champion until after he fought Tyson. You know, um, and Mr. that was Douglas. I think we'll never, everybody will remember that fight always. I never thought. I never thought. I th- I was like Tyson's on the canvas. How did this happen? You know, uh, Mike talks about that in his uh, one man show, uh, and uh, you know he talks about because he had knocked Douglas down earlier in the fight, mm-hmm. and he talks about it being like about a fifteen count that Douglas was on the canvas, and you know if it was a faster counting referee history might be different today you know like so it's you know that's boxing man <laughs> that's the that's the unpredictability and, and and the love and the pain and the anguish of, of the sport uh and you know what makes it quite frankly like no other uh, absolutely i can so. i think every fan can agree with that well actually whether you're a fan or not i think everybody can agree with that so let me ask you this overall well we'll we'll, we'll narrow it down to like the last uh decade the last 22 like the last 20 years um, who are your top three uh, heavyweight champs? Uh, in the last twenty years, um, yeah, we'll go from two thousand all the way to now. You, you can't, you can't count. Um, you can't discount Klitschko. No, uh, you know I, I, he well, was amazing. Let's be His let's be clear. Which one? Amazing. I'm about to say let's be clear. Which Klitschko? Vladimir. I'll say Vladimir Vladimir okay. Klitschko because he held the belt for ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was there was no other champion. He held all the belts. Uh, and he, at one point, he and Vitaly would have had to fight each other mm-hmm. in order for them to be, you know, to, to be an undisputed champ. So, um, Lewis, I think Lennox Lewis was was champion last in the early two thousands. I want to mm-hmm. say right before they met point. up. Yes. Um, and then it's hard to say, you know, like um, you know, recently uh, I like 
I like the, the three biggest guys. I like Deontay Wilder for how exciting he is to watch. I like AJ for how affable he is. Uh, um, I can't say I'm a huge Tyson Fury fan, mm-hmm. but uh, I would say at currently he's probably the best boxer in that division. I, I like, totally in terms of pure boxing talent, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree. And I'll speak on Fury about that for a minute. I definitely, um, you gave me five, so now I'm going to have to give you five. But I, I think my five will definitely be the same. I got to put Batamil Kishko up there. Um, I'm only going to put Lennox Lewis on top of him because to me at the time when I was um, getting back into boxing at that point, because during the um, like Don King era, I kind of fell away from it. For a little bit, because um, even at a young age, I can see that the ranking system was being manipulated, and I just didn't, you know, I was like, you know, I don't need no parts of that. So, but towards, you know, 2000 later on, I started to come back. Um, Lennox Lewis was still champ, and he was always just so big to me. Like, I remember at the time when he first came in, dudes weren't that big, and I'm like, he's a big guy. Like, he's tall, he's got extremely, I mean, extremely long arms. Like, that jab is, it just kept boxes at bay majority of the time. So, I had a lot of respect for him um, coming up at that point. And then, like I said, Vladimir. Like, and he came he back, too. So long. Yeah, he did. He did. He, came, he, he got – it was a – I think it was, it was a Hasim Rahman who had beat him in Africa. And then he came back to, to knock him out. Wow. He, he had to chase him for a while. Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then when they fought again, separated him from his senses practically <laughs> – um, and, you know, and had a great fight with Vitaly Klitschko, you know, uh, beat Vitaly Klitschko, uh, tore, practically almost tore Klitschko's eye off. It was like terrible. If you ever see that film, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, a, it's like a surgery movie. It's awful. Uh, but, uh, yeah, definitely. Lennox, I think Lennox is underrated too. I no, think I, he's horribly underrated, unfortunately. I think it was because of the time there was, like, remember we, we discussed this, the heavyweight champion uh, division was not stacked at that time. Like, there really wasn't any hardcore competition for him as it was the decade before. So I think that's why they claim, like, he doesn't maybe get the credit that he might have deserved because we didn't see him go war for war, punch for punch, you know, stuff like that. And at the same time, like I said before, there weren't really many men that can match his size at the time. So in the heavyweight division, and I think at that point, um, more fellas didn't really want to be that big anymore, even if they were tall. Like the cruiser, the division gave them the opportunity where, okay, I don't have to be a heavyweight champ. You know, I can go and fight, you know, as a cruiser, a fighter, or for those who didn't even want to be that big. That's what the super middleweight division was for. So I think for a while, fellas didn't even want to be that that big or that heavy in the ring. And the other divisions gave them the opportunity to come down. So I think that's what also drew away from the heavyweight division, if I, you know, if in my opinion. But as of, I like, mean, right- I, I I agree with uh, Max Kellerman on that too because he talks about American heavyweights and why there haven't been that many great American heavyweights. And one of the reasons is football. Our mm. big guys here you can get a paid a lot more money in the NFL. And, you know, even though you do risk injury, you, you know, most, most of those guys don't get killed and it's a, maybe a little bit arguably safer sport. Uh, so, and they would end much more endorsement deals, much more popular, uh, you know, billions of dollars in football. So that's where I think we, as in terms of American heavyweight champions, that's where we lost a lot of our prospects. They just went and, and played ball. Um, but yeah, and, and, and Lennox sort of reaped the benefits from that because he didn't fight that many Americans, Mm-mm. you know, um, 
And I think that's all why he also doesn't get a lot of credit because he wasn't an American. You know, he, he was he was fighting in the UK and um, you I know, think for the first and, time you know, that was when the belt went overseas when he for the heavyweight division for uh, for a while when he became champ and the belt left America. I, like you said, that might have had some type of um stigma to it because and, we wanted it other, here. <laughs> and and the big guys were getting older. You know, uh, Holyfield was getting older at that point. Mm-hmm. He beat Tyson, but he but in older post prison Tyson. You know, so uh, you know, no, he he didn't face those guys in their primes. And I think that was a big question for people. Like, well, what if he fought Mike Tyson when Mike Tyson was, you know, tearing up the world? Would he have been, you know, in a magical time machine sense? Could we have, if if you made that fight, what would have happened? Well, I always give Holyfield, see, you never can call it. Because, see, the boxers who go to the Olympics, to me, that is experience to which you, you can't get in the ring. Now you've experienced world fighters now. You know, you can't pay for that type of education in terms of learning boxing. So, you know, Holyfield had that. But at the same time, Tyson had God-given power. Um, And both of them at their prime early on, I question sometimes whether or not Holyfield would have been able to handle that power. Yeah, I remember, you know, he was the light heavyweight cruiserweight when he was coming up, Holyfield. Mm -hmm. He didn't start out as a heavyweight. Uh, and he won a belt from um, Kawi. He won to, from uh, Muhammad Kawi, I think the uh, guy's name was, in a hard 15-round fight when they were still fighting 15 rounds. Uh, and, you know, everybody was kind of questioning Holyfield at that point and after that, you know, and then he kind of grew into being a heavyweight, whereas, whereas Tyson started his career as a heavyweight. I mean, he was age 20, and he had already beaten everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, by the, by the time he was 21, he had unified the belts which, you know, I don't, nobody's done before, nobody's done since, uh, and, and in, like, spectacular fashion. Absolutely. Like, hitting guys into the next week, pounding people into the ring. I don't know, like, in terms of, like, if you go past, you know, you go by 30, in the past 30 years, you look at the most exciting heavyweights, uh, you know, he, he's got that title, in my opinion. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, although in recent years, the heavyweights have definitely grabbed my attention and held my attention, like you had mentioned with the top three right now. Ask me this a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. I had, I had AJ at the top. I had Wilder right underneath him, and then I had Fury underneath him. Now, I have since gone Fury, and right now Wilder and AJ are tied in my eyes, especially now that I've seen them in action a little bit more. Fury, because I knew the the I knew uh, some of his background, and I had seen him fight at least about five times coming up. So I knew what he was capable of. But once I got more of his like family background information, I didn't realize he was a third generation boxer. I didn't realize, I knew his father was a boxer. I didn't know his grandfather was one too. So here it is, you've got like, you've been boxing since the cradle, you know, come to find out his father gave him the name Tyson because he's like, my son is going to be world champ one day in the world. The best boxer in the world right now is Mike Tyson. So that he gave him the name. And then to, um, I remember watching a piece that Showtime had done on him and he, you know, expressed how he was, he had gone into a really, really dark place. You know, he got on drugs. He was doing, you know, a lot of alcohol. I remember he gained a ton of weight. To pull yourself out of that, get yourself back in shape, get your mind strong again to get yourself back in the ring and win. I said, no, 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 no. So going into the first Wilder fight, the first uh, Fury versus Wilder fight, 
I was up in the air because I had a I'm like, you're, I think you met your match with this one because I don't think you know the caliber fighter that you're going up against. And I remember everybody in my office was like, Jessica, what are you talking about? Wilder's going to wreck this guy. It's not going to happen. Like, you're dreaming. I'm like, do y'all know what I'm saying? So when fight number one happened, I'm telling them, like, did y'all see what happened? Like, okay, that's a legit draw because of that second knockdown. Prior to that knockdown, Fury had the fight. So Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I, I think if it wasn't for in, in the fact that he had to rise like Lazarus from the dead, you know, after that second knockdown, which would have, uh, you know, looked like, like uh, Wilder could have knocked down an elephant. He hit him twice. It was at first a solid right hand and then a left hook. And he, he would have put down, uh, you know, he, he would have put down an elephant with that shot. And mm-hmm. when he got up, Every, I'm, I was stunned. Wilder was stunned. Everybody, you know, like that—that that is a shock to the world. But if it weren't, if he didn't land that punch, yeah, uh, absolutely, Fury walks away with that fight. He had outboxed him. Mm-hmm. He, absolutely, he, he, had, he, had, he was knocked down one of the time. But other than that, he had completely outboxed him. Completely. Uh, which you know, you know, uh, and considering the fact that the guy's a giant, you know, and and moves around like a gazelle, you know, like he's a freak of nature. He's when a mutant. I, you when know, I saw like, the, 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 the stats against each other, I'm like, Wilder, you don't go into this fight sleeping. This is not, you done met your match with this one. First of all, Wilder, you never had to punch up before. You, you met one that's taller than you. Resume is longer and a little extensive than yours. And then on top of that, like I said, his background, you can't pay for that kind of education. If I'm not mistaken. He's like uh, genetically engineered. Right. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Wilder, you didn't start boxing until after high school. Yeah, he walked into a, a gym, I think, at like 18 or 19. He was, you know, a very – I mean, for a heavyweight, it's not as big a deal uh, mm-hmm. for somebody to walk in older. But, you know, to take that and take his – you know, like when, when some guy has 10, 15 years more experience than you do, just being in a boxing ring and, and, and fighting, you know, like – I mean, I think Tyson Fury was fighting since he was like five. So – how do you how do you close that gap in experience? Mm-hmm. And he's young. He's all what is he like 30, 31, something like that? And it's like it's almost like a Canelo situation where you've got a guy who's often, you know, a young guy but has more experience. That's very difficult to beat. Uh would you say right now Fury is like your number you you you've put him at number one, right? Yeah, absolutely. Fury is definitely number one. I'm gonna Ty Wilder and AJ um, mostly on the strength of because again both of them started late later on and like AJ especially with um, when him and Ruiz Andy Ruiz made up the second time you've proven one that you can change you can follow a game plan and that um, you're, 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 he's very agile on his feet another one to be such a big guy he he can move very well on his feet and, I, and I'll give him that so you're you're ability to adjust to your opponent and then make it work for you you've proven that you're capable of doing that so i'm not uh like i was always in aj's corner when it came down to whatever it came down to him and wilder i was more or less in his corner one because i also felt like he was hungrier for it you know wilder i'm not taking anything away from wilder wilder held on to that wbc for a long time before he finally lost it to fury aj went after the champs with the belts yeah i'm I mean, it is a little bit colored, though, because, you know, AJ, well, first of all, he never had to fight Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, Yet. Fury had lost the belts for 
po- political reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, his most impressive win to me, because the guys that he beat, you know, like Charles Martin, you know, he beat uh, he beat White, Delian White. That was mm-hmm. pretty. Good. That was a pretty impressive. He beat Joseph Parker, but it's not like he knocked Parker out. Uh, but no, but I was very impressed win, with that fight. I was impressed. Because again, some of your skills, right, right. Because again, some of your skill set was coming out, and again, Parker is not a slouch either. I think his only his only problem is that he's he's not as big as these giants. You know, like when when a guy is that much taller and has that much reach on you, it's an incredible advantage in boxing. You know, well, it is. But you, even if Andy, one guy can hit the other guy and you can't hit him back, you know, it's a, it's a big advantage. No, it is. But I think Andy Ruiz has already proved that height doesn't matter you're going to make it work for you one way or another. Cause I mean, he's, he's, he's tall, but as far as, far as the gentleman in the heavyweight division goes, yeah, you're, you're, you're not as tall as these guys you are pretty short. But when it came down to him and AJ, um, Anthony Joshua, listen, he got in there with them hands and quick hands at that. I have never seen, I haven't seen hands that fast in a long time. And just to see them box. Not on a heavyweight. Anyway. No, no. And to see them mitts going like that, it was like, Ooh, like he can fight, and I and I had seen Ruiz fight um, at least two or three times prior to that. Always on somebody's undercard, but it's almost like they threw him in last minute, if I recall, because he he was supposed to fight Big Baby. He wasn't even supposed to fight Ruiz, and they threw him yeah, in and, at the and, last minute. Uh, and Miller, Big Baby Miller, mm-hmm. uh, had tested positive for every drug in the world, basically. Oh dear, he had he had, he had lit up the drug test w- with PEDs. Uh, and then uh, Ruiz campaigned to get the fight. Tech, basically uh, hit up Eddie Hearn on, on Instagram, I think, and uh, said, give me this fight, give me this fight. And then they did. And, you know, uh, much to uh, basically all of Great Britain's chagrin, you know. Uh, Listen, it was, he flew for Parker. Upset. That was his first shot at the title, if I recall. Yeah, he <laughs> he got very close, but and people questioned that decision against Parker because they, they did go 12 rounds. It was a narrow decision. Parker got it, but you got to remember he's fighting a Kiwi in New Zealand. Very hard to go to somebody else's backyard who is the champion and take the belt back home. Uh, you know, you you they're they're paying you that much money to go there so you can lose the fight. You know, now had it been in America, it would have been a different story. Had it been in Vegas, it would have been a different story. Uh, had it been as publicized, you know, but you know now it's it's really interesting. You know, it's a very interesting division. But, like, you know, you put Fury as number one. I honestly, I don't see anybody could beat him. If he can if he can fight like he did against Wilder, if he can box like he did against Wilder the first time, mm-hmm. who, who, who can beat this guy? You know, like, the, there's some young people coming up. And, you know, Tyson Fury said, he's like, uh, you know, if, if I can't beat, the people in the, if I can't be the champion in this division with no boxers in it, you know, he said there were no boxers in the heavyweight division, then, you know, I might as well go home. But, you know, really, I mean, AJ's a pretty good boxer. You know, he was an Olympian, but mm-hmm. again, doesn't have the, the experience. Uh, we saw what he did to Wilder, uh, you know, and then you got the other guys like Ruiz and White, uh, Parker. I can't see any of those guys you know, beating Fury. They're um, just not big Don't enough. forget about Ortiz either. He's still in the division. He's still active. I mean, I, I think Ortiz is a good boxer, but, you know, he's, he's the north side of 40 at this point. I mean, he's, he's listed as like 41 or 42, but, 
you know, well, I'll put it this way. Say he's when you that body shot he gave Wilder and Wilder's reaction to it. I'm like, again, you pack power and. Put it this way, for the first time in a long time, there's fights to be made within the heavyweight division that I think people would want to see. I would love to see Andy Ruiz against Ortiz and see them duke it out and see how that, that could go. You know, Parker gets the winner of one of those. Um, if Fury ends up, um, you know, unifying the belts, then, you know, that could be an eliminator for one of them. Um, AJ and Wilder, they're going to meet up eventually, whether it's for a belt or not. The, the public would want to see that fight. So at some point, that could be a eliminator fight again to see rematch against either one of them against Ferry. The public, I think, would pay good money for that. Now, here's a question I have for you. This is a discussion my, my, my uncle and I have uh, recently. Um, Ferry versus uh, uh, Joshua. Where does that uh, fight biggest, take place? Uh, uh, biggest fight in boxing. Mm-hmm. I think it takes the place Irishman, in the UK, Now, keep obviously. in mind, this is the Irishman versus the Englishman. <laughs> well, you, you've got, see, technically... So um, if you listen to Tyson Fury, he grew up in the north of England. He's got, he's got like a Manchester kind of accent. He's an Irish gypsy, but they don't really have much of a homeland. Uh, and there's a lot of, you know, history and, and things behind that. But mm-hmm. I think anybody in, you know, England, Scotland, Ireland, they're going to go wherever that fight is. So I well, think you got to have it in the biggest stadium, which is probably, I think, Wembley. It's like 90,000 seats, either Wem- Web- either in, in Wembley or Cardiff. I'm not sure which one is bigger, but whatever the big one is. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this is all provided we get some sort of a solution to COVID-19 right. and people can go to things again. But if in an ideal world, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be just the biggest place that can hold the biggest amount of boxing fans in it, in England. Um, and where it sells out in two seconds. That is that that is like the Rolling Stones, Bruce Springsteen, you know, and, and you two playing on the same card at the same time. You know, like the, the the tickets will sell out in ten seconds, and it'll be huge. It'll be huge. Okay, now here's the thing, too: we cannot eliminate the politics behind boxing and the financing behind boxing. So let's say, like you said, we get a handle on this COVID situation. And Saudi Arabia, who just built that arena for the fight that AJ and Ruiz had, and they throw out all this money. Regardless, remember, their arena's not that big. It doesn't fit that many. But if they give out this much money, you think that fight's going over there? It could. Yeah, but, you know, I think the British people might riot if it I, does. I, agree. I totally agree. You know, <laughs> like, I, I, you know, if Eddie Hearn wants to show his face in London again, and I, I don't I, know I, if... I won't even say the British. I'll say that's all of the UK there as a as a sub. You're gonna have the the Scots, all, the Irish, all and of the, the Isles. Mm-hmm. All of the Isles uh, would uh, revolt. But you know, um, yeah, I think um, it is uh, definitely it's a possibility. Saudi Arabia is definitely with the amount of money that they can throw down. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, but it doesn't to me. It doesn't matter where that fight takes place, as as long as it takes place. But, you know, and speaking of politics, so uh, as of before uh, the uh, pandemic, uh, Anthony Joshua was supposed to fight Kubrat Pulev for a mandatory, one of the belts. And so he had a couple, I think he had a couple of mandatory. So he's got to get by Pulev, which I think he would. And then, you know, Wilder still wanted to, uh, he still wanted to uh, activate the rematch clause. 
Uh, you know, and that's why that fight was supposed to happen. If I recall, he agreed to step aside so that Fury can unite the belts uh, with AJ. Okay, I mean, great. If he gets the winner, it like that's not a bad move because mm-hmm. yeah, I think actually I think this pandemic was the best thing to happen to Deontay Wilder. That fight I would be happening this month if it didn't. If I recall, right. that fight was supposed and, to take place in July. <laughs> and, and in my opinion, he would lose again. And he'd probably lose in the same fashion that he lost the second fight. Um, unless he does something critically different, unless, you know, uh, you know Deontay Wilder, he, he's got a, a right hand that's like a, a neutron bomb. But Extremely unless, deadly. Unless he, learns, unless he learns how to box, though, unless he, un, unless he can figure out Fury. Because Fury was, not only did he mow over him and, and, and put him on his butt, he outboxed him. He was laying traps for him. He was moving him where he wanted him to be to set him up for those big shots. You know, that doesn't happen by accident. Mm-mm. You know, and, and Wilder was just, a, you know, he was just a puppet. He was just being moved this, around. This is where I talk and about you can't experience. Do that again. Right. This is where I talk about experience. Yeah. This is where I talk about that education. And even some of it, like they showed a highlight, and it's almost like I saw it almost before it happened. He, through a jab, knowing that, and I think Wilder saw it coming, so he pivoted to the left, and Fury was already ready. Knowing that you were going that way, he was ready for it. And I saw that head snap back, and it was like, oh, dear. You didn't even, you, he set you up, and you didn't even realize you was about to be set up for it. You know, so, like, whoever is teaching Wilder was not telling him those things. And he fell in love with his own power. Very dangerous thing to do if you don't set up the power if you don't go to the body to chop the big man down if you don't do boxing things you know you're gonna lose you're either gonna lose on points when he unboxes you or in this case he did not expect this because you know tyson fury is the type of guy who say i'm gonna knock everybody out but he hadn't knocked anybody out in a long time you know but then went to the croc gym the croc mm-hmm. i'm not i'm gonna knock you out gym and, and you know came in with a whole and came in like a freight train. So unless Wilder can do something different, he he's he's gonna lose. Definitely. You put you hit the nail right on the head, and it was something that um, me and my uncle had always discussed, which is one of the reasons why prior to when I had told you before years past, where I would put AJ a little bit more in a high caliber than Wilder, because up until that point, Wilder, I had never seen you be tested. You use your right and get it in whatever you can, and then that's it. Your opponent's down. What else? Like, what else can you show us? And now when you actually got into a boxing match, like, you're not um, – and now you're looking to get your – which is what happened in the first one. Like, he knew I got less than three minutes to get my right hand in here somewhere. Otherwise, I'm going to lose. And he did. But you spent the prior, the prior 11 looking for it. You don't look for it. You got you got a box in between, and then when you see it, you take it. Now he said the the, the same thing happened with or the opposite actually happened with Ortiz, the Ortiz number two when they met up the second time. I believe this happened in the seventh round, and for the first time in that fight, Ortiz had dropped his left and had been up, and he had blocked that right hand a couple of times because it was up. As soon as he dropped it, and I Wilder knew it, and he waited, and he got a couple seconds in, he got that right hand in, and that was it. The fight was over. And I'm like, Ortiz, up until that, up until that, you had this fight. You were winning. Why'd you drop your left? I know you, like you said, he's on the opposite side of 40. He's probably got tired. You know, things happen in the ring. I get it. But you had the champ 
against the ring. And let me tell you something. Fight number one, yeah, the ref, I think you gave Wilder a little too much time to breathe on that second one. Yeah, there was a little <laughs> bit of championship courtesy mm-hmm. going on. And that was also the seventh round, I think, if I recall. That was, uh, I think, and I, yeah, I think because the fight stopped in the ninth, correct? No. Yeah. Yes. And and by the eighth, you know, then so Wilder. Now I think a lot of refs. Now, if if Wilder wasn't heavyweight champion, a lot of refs would have stopped that fight mm-hmm. at that point because mm-hmm. he had, you know, I don't know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen unanswered punches. Then the next round, Wilder gets sent to the doctor, gets another free minute or two uh, to get checked out and then did not even know where the hell he was for the next round. But you know, what I give him credit for is he still had it in that next round and probably, you know, Ortiz had punched himself out a little bit. You know, he's an older guy. He's a big guy and thrown a lot of punches trying to get Wilder out of there. And then, you know, Wilder cold cocked him and, you know, send him into next week. But you can't, can't be in love with that you know there's a lot of fighters there's a litany of fighters that have fallen in love with their own power and their own mystique and you know believe their own press kind of thing and you know Wilder said he's like I don't even know what to call my right hand anymore they've got to be perfect for the whole fight I've only got to be perfect for two seconds yeah but not against the Tyson Fury not against a really good boxer and you could tell that even in that second Ortiz fight he was not. He did not want to get hit. He had and when he took that shot to the Ortiz. ribs, I saw it, and I remember saying in my mind, "Fury, I hope you're watching, because Fury, that, that's the second time that Ortiz exposed him. Now there's two weaknesses that we know you have." Yeah, and you know, for all of his height, you know, Wilder's what six foot seven. You About know, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he, huge guy, two hundred and fourteen pounds, two hundred and twenty pounds. He's relatively. He's the miracle of him is he's usually the lighter guy going after the he most of his opponents outweigh him by 20 30 40 pounds when he fought fury i think he was outweighed by like 30 or 40 pounds and for the first you know, time and, fury you and that's one thing i never i questioned about ortiz like i never really questioned his style because again he's another one i feel like that has the power and then when he gets his hands going like watch out but why didn't you make your weight work for you this time, like, I feel like Fury made that weight work for him. First of all, he bought the fight to Wilder. That's something he's also not used to. He brings the fight to the fighters. This time, the fighter bought the fight to you. He was in your face the whole time. Like, I don't even know if he got a chance to breathe. He smothered you the whole time. He made his weight work for him. What was he, like, 200 and, what, almost, oh, definitely he was over 250 at that yeah. fight. Uh-huh. And he used every... He was big and, yeah. And, and Wilder cannot, as you mentioned, cannot fight backing up. Mm-hmm. He's never had to, um, which to Anthony Joshua's credit, fought very well backing up, mm-hmm. fought off the back foot against Ruiz, also did the same thing against Parker, just used his jab. You know, he, he was a little Vladimir Klitschko kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, used the jab, kept him away and, you know, hit him when he could. Well, and it's funny you say that. He trained him for that fight. They yeah. And, you know, together for that fight. Klitschko is another guy. I mean, you can say what you want about him, but he overcame adversity as well. I mean, the one part, people thought he was dead. Like he had got, he had suffered a brain bleed after a fight, yeah. uh, came back from that, came back from defeats, won the champion two or three times, became heavyweight champion. You know, those guys, the great ones, 
they have that resolve, you know, and I don't know. And, you know, talk and the same thing with fury, like fury has resolve to come back from, you know, two years of craziness to get back in the ring and not only take, you know, took a couple of warm up fights, but then took the biggest fight in the world and came this close to winning, you know, uh, he, you know, he's going to be, I feel like he's going to be champion for how, as long as he wants to be. I, you know, honestly, I don't know. If, I don't think uh, any of the top three guys could beat him. And I don't think any of the new people coming up, even a guy like, so like to talk about, uh, not to, to change the subject all that much, but in, in terms of the heavyweight division and excitement, you've got certain guys come up. So you've got um, Daniel Dubois, mm-hmm. who's a great big kid out of England. Uh, Alexander Usyk, uh, who was, who cleaned out the cruiserweight division, won the Muhammad, Muhammad Ali trophy, just like uh, Andre Ward with, it did it one, at 168. He did it at cruiserweight beat uh, Tony Bellew, beat a lot of these big guys. Uh, but, of course, there's no money to be made at cruiserweight, so he's mm-hmm. coming up to heavyweight. He's had one fight. He looked okay, got a stoppage against, you know, some tomato can ham and egg guy. He hasn't really been tested. He's about six feet tall, a little bit just north of 200 pounds. Amazing boxer. He's like Lomachenko, only bigger. You know, like he's trained by the same Ukrainian system, comes out of Loma's gym, uh, moves like uh, incredible feet, always in the wrong, fast hands, knockout power in either hand. But, you know, how the hell is he going to fight Tyson Fury? He's six feet tall and just a little, you know, like 202 pounds as opposed to, you know, a, a, a you know, 250, 60 pound giant, you know, like how do you fight that guy? But he has to fight bigger guys mm-hmm. first. He has, oh, yes, definitely. Has to, you know, he's, he's got to get in there. Um, but, you know, as far as the other guys, you, you know, uh, Pulev is old. Uh, Ortiz is also old. Uh, Povetkin, also old. Uh, Parker, I like a lot, but again, small. You know, uh, there's another guy, uh, Eastern European, called Philip Har- Hargovich who uh, looks like a comic book character. He's so big. He looks like, he looks like a Superman villain. Um, he's, he's around the same. He's like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, uh, and I think um, AJ may have uh, fought with him to spar. Or, no, I think Wilder fought with him to spar. That's the other part about uh, Fury. Who do you spar against? The tree? <laughs> you know, like... Speaking of which, when th- there was talk, this talk about, you know, Mike Tyson coming in and one of the first fights that he was looking to have was with Fury. And I'm like, who are you going to spar with for this fight? I, I, I love Mike Tyson. I, you know, I saw... Everybody saw the video of him hitting the pads and got excited. Awesome. I mean, you know, great, you but... Know, but, you know, boxing does not have an old-timer's day for a reason. Yes. Tyson... You're a name in boxing. You're always being name in boxing. Later on down the line, I wouldn't be surprised. I got a trophy with your name on it for that. You know, the up and coming want to earn, but it won't be. I don't think it'll be for this. I really don't. I, as as in love as the world is is with Mike Tyson, I I don't want him to come back. Honestly, I, I don't you know. I you know nobody wants to see him get hurt. You know, and by the time you know by his last fight, he had just kind of lost the heart for it. You know, but like. 
now he's got like the fire back in him but and then he, you know dana white is talking to him oh God, about please you know like don't don't let that devil get on your mm-mm, shoulder mm-mm. you know like listen but, like, you want to you don king two all over again no step away from that and what if the worst happens what if tyson gets in there with some prime young heavyweight and gets killed you know the guy separates him from say he, he puts him in a coma uh, puts a bleed on his brain who i saw the i saw the the rocky balboa film you know where rocky gets in there w- with uh antonio tarver mm-hmm. and you know he doesn't win the fight but he survives the fight it doesn't usually go that well <laughs> for the old guy do you remember in that scene the whole fight came about because they had that little um uh like cartoon diagram of what it would have been had you know uh right the computer fight right right like a, so like now the video game right so now if they can make some type of setup like that where we could where we can possibly see what might have been for holyfield and tyson and stuff like that i i'd want to see that i think that'd be cute to see some i'd watch that virtual reality fantasy world but where this- boxing fans can you know travel through time yeah great great Talking about the heavyweights, getting back to the heavyweights. Yes, AJ Fury is the biggest fight, definitely in the heavyweight division, possibly the biggest fight in the boxing. Um, after that, if if Wilder is the beneficiary of that fight, which I think is a smart play, mm-hmm. if he steps aside and says, all right, y'all duke it out, unify the belts, I'll fight whoever's got the belt. I would love to see him get justice. I would love to see him either get a third fight or fight the winner of, of AJ and, and Fury. Any of those fights, I'll be happy to watch. I think those are great. And any you know, and there's a lot of little fights too that can happen. You know, like right, you that's were talking what I'm saying. About Ruiz they... and, and Ortiz. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good fight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd love to see, you know, Alexander Usyk fight somebody of name, you know, and and get his hat in that ring because He's he can he might not have the size, but that man can box. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's coming. I mean, the ranks. he cleaned out the cruiserweight division, but cruiserweight division gets no love whatsoever. Nobody cares about it. And so I feel like you know, the lightweight he had, heavyweight division gets more than they do. Yeah, absolutely. Light heavy. There's a lot of good people at light heavyweight. The 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 question is who can draw that? Canelo maybe, but like in terms of hometown favorite, a hometown draw. Uh, AJ still, in my opinion, probably the biggest draw in boxing in terms of getting butts and seats. Oh yeah. But then yeah. we, but you know, now it's a whole different ball game. Now you know, probably if we do get boxing again this year, there probably won't even be fans in the stands. No, but then you know? it means pay per is going to be so much money. Yeah, there's going to it's going to be a lot. It's you're going to have to pay for fights, but uh, they're going to have to do something. And and how do you manage that process of like? Everybody needs to be tested. People need to be quarantined to get it. Like, it's going to be a huge rigmarole to well, get any sports, event going. Sports, right as now. we know it, has definitely changed. And all we could do is just hope and pray that we can get back to some sense of normalcy when it comes to that. But I will. And let me ask you this before before we take off: Do you think the regulations that they've changed over the years have helped? One big change that should happen in boxing, like baseball, you know, baseball, football, every major sport, the, the couple players have unions. They can collect a bargain, which they can't in boxing. Right. Uh, they should be able to do that. They should have a boxing union and there needs to be a commissioner. There needs to be one set of rules 
that governs the whole sport so that, you know, it's different rules in Vegas, different rules in New York, different rules yeah. in Texas. That's what I'm saying. Know, it's, it's, like, that's going to be hard. You know how hard that's going to be, especially boxing out of all the sports that you mentioned is truly the international one, even though they operate on different rules and regulations. That is, this is truly the international sport. And uh, God, that is just so hard. That's going to be so hard. <clears throat> I mean, they, they need to do it for America, at least. Like if you're fighting in the States, there should be a commissioner, a U.S. commissioner of boxing that says if you're fighting in the States, this is how we do it. This is, these are the rules that we abide by. And, you know, and, uh, you know, the drug testing has to be there. You know, oh, no, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Dr- and know, nothing else, the drug testing should definitely be universal across the board. I don't care what country or nation it should be. That's definitely how it goes. But then what, what, the way you're talking, it, and I'm not saying it shouldn't be, it, I, I definitely agree to a certain degree, but there's so much that goes involved. I can see why it hadn't happened yet. Each state, like that would have to be on the federal level. Each one of them, each other states operate on their own accord with their own commission that sets their rules and regulations that once you step foot into that state, you have to abide by. If other sports can do it, boxing can do it. And part of the, part of the problem is that a lot of boxers come from these uh, like poor countries and they don't have the support. They don't have the power. They don't have their own attorneys. They don't have their own accountants. They don't have the smarts. They're, they're not educated. You know, they can punch like crazy or they're great in the ring, but they're not educated enough to look out for themselves. Somebody has to look out for themselves. There was a fighter, heavyweight fighter called, uh, his last name is Abdus Salamov, um, was put into a coma in a fight. His trainer did not stop the fight, even though he was complaining, even though he asked them to stop the fight. Uh, the, there, was, there was nothing physically wrong with him, but he had a closed head injury. Mm. He was in a coma for months, you know, and his promoters, who was the Klitschko promoting team, they set up like a GoFundMe for his hospital bills. Oh my goodness. This happens all the time. Like if boxers had a union, if they had unified insurance, you know, like if you're going to go and fight for your life and, and a lot of your money does not go to you when you're a boxer, a lot of your money goes to promoters. It goes to trainers. It goes to everybody else, mm-hmm. you know? So like, you know, if you're going to sit there and risk your life, you should be taken care of. You know, I mean, it's a problem with the American healthcare system, but anyway, but like if, if you're going to do that for a living, you should be insured to the point where if something tragic happens, your family's taken care of or you're taken care of enough to get you out of the hospital. You know, uh, you know, Adonis Stevenson, ha- that happened to him. But being in Canada, he was OK. Right. They have universal health care there. So, you know, like these things, they people don't care enough about the fighters. You have to wonder if commissions and and governing bodies look they they look the other way when it's big money and a big name, and mm-hmm. that you know if you want to make boxing safe, you got to stop that stuff. No, I agree, and let's hope. I'm hoping that overall, as a country, this um, pandemic has made our country take a step back and just look overall at the, our healthcare system. So hopefully, that will you know have an overflow for our athletes as well and not just for boxing but you know for all sports you know basketball hockey um hopefully mma right now i guess that the the main thing on everybody's mind is when this when this is all said and done and we get back into gear fearing aj where y'all duking this out when is it going down 
wherever it, wherever it goes and whenever it goes, I already know you and I are gonna be there. So like I told you folks, Jason and I, this is what we do. We just talk boxing and we, I'm gonna let you go. Folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Everyone out there, stay healthy, stay safe. Take it easy.